contemplative, the contemplative, the contemplative, 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 the contemplative podcast. Hello and Happy New Year. I'm Matt Emery and welcome to the Contemplative Classical Podcast. In this new episode, I chat to the brilliant Leeds-based pianist, Simeon Walker. We chat about finding your own sound and recording techniques, touring, the Brudenell piano sessions that he curates in Leeds, Dream Festival lineups and his artwork for his album Mono by Gregory Eucalide. There will also be music alongside the chat, including his tracks Letters, Eulogy, Coda and this beautiful piece, Drift. Okay, so, um, yeah, I know you're a multi-instrumentalist and singer, um, but what about the piano? Was it that became your instrument mm-hmm. of choice and made it the instrument that you sort of wanted to base things around and compose on? Yeah, I, um, so I, I started learning the piano. I was probably about seven. Um, it's always been the, the instrument that I've played the most and loved the most. I've dallied around with a lot of other things and singing as well, but, yeah, the piano is the, the main thing, really, for me. Um, 
I feel that, like it's the instrument that gives you the most scope to do uh, as much stuff as you can. The amount of music that's been written for it is is vast across so many different styles and genres and um, forms of harmony or or none or atonal or m melody and rhythm and it, it, just the the ability to to do so much on on the instrument is is amazing really and um, it, I don't know it feels like the possibilities are almost endless. Um, and did you have lessons when you were younger? Yeah. How, yeah. Yeah, so I had, um, I, I did the classical kind of grade stuff um, and, and went through all of that with a, a really great teacher, a really great teacher, and um, I'm very grateful for that kind of um, that theoretical knowledge that is useful for composing, um, the technical aspect of playing and performing and um, sort of being able to perform without too many nerves and just to kind of just give it a go uh, and play. Um, when, I, when I was a teenager, I kind of developed a real interest in jazz and started learning that stuff and teaching myself how to learn how to improvise almost because in classical stuff you generally just tend to learn, yeah. learn the notes and um, in the jazz stuff it was very much more yeah, let's just say ex experiment with a different sound world, a different harmonic structure, and experiment with improvising. Really, it's fun. Yeah, and has and has your sort of sound and composition style now has it naturally evolved through? Have you always have you always composed on the side, or is it through mm. playing with other bands and that has it kind of become naturally as a progression? Yeah, that, or? yeah, that's a good question. So I did um, I did a lot of composition at uni as part of the, my music music degree. Um, I'm glad, hopefully, that some of that won't see the light of day. <laughs> there was some kind of weird stuff. There's some Hungarian folk music in there and all kinds of different things. You know, that whole uni atmosphere when you're really challenged to just go and do something different that you wouldn't normally do, which at the time feels quite annoying, and you're like, oh, I just want to do what I want to do. Yeah. Um, but I think that's quite a useful thing on reflection that actually to to just go and explore. I had to go into the basement of this old library in the uni and read up on Bartok and all these guys who were doing folk stuff in Hungary a long time ago to do that. Um, that was a weird diversion. Um, no, not so much of that anymore. Um, how, how, how did I fall into it? I've, I've always just been interested in, in the way that lots of different styles of music come together so I wouldn't say that I my stuff is particularly jazzy but it does have a, a, a bit of a of an influence with that but mainly the this new wave of modern classical stuff that's come through from Nils Fram and Oliver Arnolds and all those guys um, in the last 10 years really is, is I guess has given me a bit more confidence that that stuff is, is becoming more or I wasn't, I'm not going to say more mainstream, but less yeah. niche and more open to, to new audiences. People are enjoying listening to it. Um, but by playing in bands and writing with those kind of things and playing with lots of singer-songwriters, playing you know, keys and different styles of keyboard playing and instrument sounds, it, it, I feel like it's just given me a, a, a big breadth of, of, of influence and, and knowledge and, and musical information really that I can implement when I'm writing my own stuff. Awesome.
Um, I'd love to talk a bit about recording, in fact. Okay. okay. Um, I presume you record your own. Have you on like mono, for yeah. example? Was that? Your, your production? Yeah, so um, on that one, yeah, it was. Um, so I, I've experimented a lot with with the sound and how to get the sound that I want. Obviously, we're all um, we're all infatuated with the felt piano. Yeah. Um, uh, we all we all like that, or um, or Clavin's Unicorda. Um, and if we could all have one of those, then <laughs> then I think we'd all be happy. But um, Need to sell a few more albums first, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's um, I, I I experimented when I was making this album because I was putting these two N25s right in front of the hammers in the kind of the way that everyone assumes that's where to do, and a lot of the all the the, the clever people who know about physics and stuff say, yeah, that's a good place, you know, but X, Y and whatever. And, uh, and it was just so percussive, which works really well on some stuff, you know, and if you're talking about said and done by Nils or whatever, then that's what you want. Um, but mine's, particularly this album, was much more soft, reflective, and warm as well. I was looking for a warm sound, despite the fact that the whole point is that it's a a, wind, a wintry album about yeah. looks and feels cold as well so that juxtaposition of how to make it sound warm and cold at the same time is a bit weird but so I ended up putting the two NT5s underneath the uh, underneath the keyboard with the panel that covers the harp yeah. um, taken off and so by putting those quite close to the strings you get this really warm and, and with my um dampener pedal so you get the felt so there's the felt thing in there but also you get these this stringy sound because it's right close to the to the mics um so, so much so that some people got in touch and said is there you've got guitars on there or you know like a i don't know like a banjo or <laughs> some, any kind of string instrument in there that isn't just the piano and no it's just all just two mics um, just played in one take on those pianos um, and then I, I've got a guy who um, does my mixing and mastering because I'm not very good at that stuff yeah, yeah that's kind of uh, like a dark art yeah oh yeah it, it really is the whole I mean I've done you know the, the, the mixing and the, that stuff is fine I sent it to him and he came up with this really cool system of different reverbs by putting different types of reverbs that particularly trying to get different uh, registers different pitches yeah. to play out a little bit more so like a uh, like a plate reverb on some of the higher end give it a bit more sustain but it was different to what was going on at the lower end and I would never have thought of that I'm yeah. just like yeah reverb I want on um, <laughs> uh, mastering is a whole I don't I don't even I don't even really know what it is it I just know that when it comes back it sounds better yeah. so I'm like there you go do what do what you want to do <laughs> Thank you.
it'd be great to touch on the live on the live mm. shows. Obviously, you were on a little mini UK tour at the mm -hmm. moment. Um, you've had obviously quite a great year of, um, yeah. sort of some festivals and yeah. gigs you've played. Can you tell us a bit? Do you still get nervous before you play? And can you tell us a bit more about sort of some of the shows that you've done this year? Yeah, um, I, mean, I was thinking, trying to think the other day. I think it's almost twelve months since the album came out. And I think in that time, I think I've done. I think I've done over 30, 30 shows. Some of those have been sofa sounds and uh, living room concerts. Some of them have been in venues like Brudenell Social Club in Leeds. Um, and then Latitude as well, uh, Latitude Festival, which was amazing. I, I quite like the, ha the way that all of those are, are quite, quite different. Yeah. Latitude was obviously amazing. Um, to be able to play my stuff at a festival um, was quite cool, although I, I was on at the same time as Bell and Sebastian, and they were really loud from a long way across the site, and that was quite hard um, trying to battle against that. But that was, it, was, it was an amazing experience. Um, but then you contrast that with playing in someone's living room in Cologne um, to 20, 25 people. Uh, it's such a different feeling. Um, but both, I, both as great as each other and, and, and equally valid. Um, I, I really love being, I do quite like the smaller environment because I really enjoy that openness and being able to <laughs> just talk to people in a yeah. really close one-to-one -one kind of way almost. Yes. Really connect with people. Yeah. It's not easier than there being a distance between you and the absolutely. audience. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so so that's, that's really cool. Um, I do... I do really enjoy I do really enjoy playing and it's difficult because the opportunities to play on a real piano particularly here in the UK are quite hard it seems like in Europe there's a lot more pianos just knocking around in random bars and rooms and places the living room concert feels like a a more established thing there than than here um, but that was amazing to go on tour and I went around Germany and a few other places in central Europe they're so, they were so lovely and so welcoming and just accepting of that music and really wanted to, to listen, find out more. In terms of the nerves thing, um, I, I do so much performing aside from my solo thing as well, you know, a lot of playing at weddings and corporate events, and, you know, probably two or three of those a week. Um, so the, the idea of actually just performing is, is more just a embedded thing now you, yeah. it's just normal life it's it, it is my my job yeah. um uh, of course when it's your own stuff you're way more invested in it and you yeah you worry that is anyone gonna <laughs> like <laughs> like it you know you sometimes you know i'm worried that someone's gonna heckle you know when's he gonna start singing or <laughs> can you play a few more notes because you know my stuff's quite sparse and and deliberately minimal um, to leave space for people to listen and, and think and reflect rather than just filling it with notes. So I'm always worried about, <laughs> about that, but so far I've not had any hecklers, awesome. apart from my friend Andy. Um, <laughs> but that's There's just because, and, and he is always that one, so yeah. <laughs> Um, while we're on the live stuff, it'd be great to speak about Brudenell Piano Sessions, mm. which is a night that you've set up that you curate in Leeds. Um, can you tell us a bit more about the Brudenell Social Club? Because it is mm -hmm. quite a place. Oh, yeah. And more about yeah the event that you, <laughs> you've set up. Uh, I'm hoping this is going to go well, because I've been trying now to develop a little shtick of what I need to say and how can I explain it in 
30 seconds. I'll probably do really badly now. Um, so the Brudenell is um, just, for me, the best venue in Leeds, perhaps the North as well. Um, it's an old working man's club that's been totally turned around and changed into this centre of the community in, in Leeds where there's two rooms, we have uh, so much stuff that comes there, all of the touring guys want to come and play there, it is the venue in Leeds that people want to go and it play. It's a bit of a mecca of the it's, underground, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely but uh, totally un um, genre specific you know you can have in one room last last night we had s carry in one room and then there was a harpist in the in the main room um the the night before there was a, a an indie band in leeds called my my who were doing really really cool um good, really cool stuff at the minute um uh we've got vashti bunyan coming in in november um Julia Holt has played there before. We have all kinds of exciting things coming there, and we're really lucky to have it. Um, there's still a pool room at the back that people go and play pool. Some of the pints, sorry for the London guys, but the pints are some of them like two pound a pint, two fifty. You know, like it's really it's, it's so affordable, and it's a place where people just want to go and hang out, um, which is amazing. So then I was thinking, right, we need to find a way to do some more more gigs for this modern classical and but not just modern classical but stuff that maybe falls between the cracks of genres um this was kind of a little bit inspired by um a show on bbc radio 3 called unclassified by elizabeth alka and it's it's all about finding uh, ways for music that is hard to define in terms of a genre. Um, so you might call it experimental, you might call it improvised, um, or all different kinds of things, but it falls between those sort of established genre boundaries. Um, so we've tried to sort of use that as a bit of an ins inspiration, um, but centre it all on the piano. So the piano is the centralised thing that makes... Um, that draws everyone but there's lots of different kind of things so I open it just with a short set and then we, we have a singer-songwriter who's a piano-based singer-songwriter rather than guitar and then we might have a few other people who maybe yeah are a bit more improvised maybe prepared piano maybe uh, a bit more classical perhaps maybe even more jazz influenced um, and it's really just an opportunity to encourage people to listen to a, a, a greater variety and breadth of, of music and also uh, you know a lot of cool stuff does happen in London for obvious reasons um, but you know we want to do good stuff in, in Leeds and in the north in, in general and we're working together a lot in, in the north people like Leeds and Manchester and Sheffield and Newcastle Liverpool there's lots of really great uh, historical, you know, cultural music heritage up there um, that we're really proud of and um, a lot of people studying up there making great music in the city so we want to give that an opportunity to have have places to perform but on a real piano because yeah. that makes a real difference to the way that you listen and you engage with the performance so that's what it's all about.
Um, a bit more of a left field one now. Um, if you were going to curate a day festival and you could play with six or seven artists, be anyone, oh um, or say living, um, who would you choose to pick to play alongside? You could have given me a bit of warning on this yeah, one. <laughs> okay, so so um, predominantly in the kind of contemplative classical kind of it genre. It could be anything you want, really. I think I would. I mean, I would have. I would have Nils Fram and I would have Oliver Arnold because those two have been, for me, they've been really groundbreaking and really inspirational because they're, in a way they're similar, but they're actually really very different as well. Oliver's got a slightly more film background and, and, and sound. Nils has got this electronic thing going on, but also I just love some of the old stuff that's a bit more minimalist and yeah. you know there's repeated notes over and over again and I love all that stuff um, I'd have those two um, who else would I have I mean one of the best gigs that I've ever been to <clears throat> was at the Copenhagen Jazz Festival in 2008 uh, it was with Brad Meldow um, who's going to be in a Barbican next March I think he's, I think he's coming um, and he, he's just a, an astounding pianist who, you know, he, he does these really cool jazz versions of Wonderwall and Karma Police by Radiohead and all these crazy things. But then also, you know, might play jazz standards or his own compositions. And his, his, his range of playing is just incredible. Um, so I think I'd have, have him as well. Who else would I have? Um, I... I do really admire someone like Raichi Sakamoto as well. He's just got a really interesting sound world and he's been doing it forever, um, you know, and he's just um, just a really inspirational person. It was a documentary that he um, was featured in that just came out last year called Coda, which I presume they didn't name it after my piece called Coda. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so maybe I should have check that first before I did that <laughs> but um, that was a wonderful insight into his sort of creative process and his his outlook on life um, which is really really cool I'd have definitely those four I'm, I'm, uh, there's so many others that I'm now yeah. wondering do I have to say Michael no. Price uh, <laughs> <laughs> definitely um, we'll move on to artwork because that would be yeah um, yeah your mono artwork done by Gregory mm -hmm. um, Nukolai. Yeah. Um, like, I was really, yeah, I didn't realise until uh, I, was, I was sort of searching. Mm -hmm. um, and, and weirdly enough, I found it through his site. And I was like, oh, cool. oh right, I didn't realise. And I just wondered oh, nice. um, if you had approached him or if you'd kind of had an idea of artwork or just wondered how that came about. Yeah. This is a stunning, it's a stunning album cover. Thanks. I don't know why I'm saying thanks. I'll say thanks on his behalf. <laughs> Literally had nothing to do with me. Uh, it had a bit. Um, he's, he's an incredible person. He's got such a fascinating style. Um, I, I'm a big Bonnie Bear fan. I, I knew who he was for that distinctive second Bonnie Bear self-titled album. It's the white background with a watercoloured drawing on. Uh, and it's, it's really distinctive. Um, I think, if my memory serves me right, he was following me on Instagram, I think, somehow. Um, and he was just liking a few things and sent me a few messages, just, just being kind of fairly encouraging, really, as 
just a, a nice person. I enjoy this song or I like to listen to this music and, and that was cool. And just had a few messages back and forth. And he, he told me that his daughter listened to um, one of my, my first EP um, sometimes when she was going to, to sleep. And that was quite, that was quite nice. Um, also, when I had the album kind of ready, uh, ready to sort of work out how to take it beyond just here's some songs, um, I was chatting to someone and I was saying, oh, I just don't know what should I do, how should it look, how, how am I going to do that? Because I'm the least artistic person in the world. Um, it's really bad for a creative person. I just cannot draw even a straight line with a ruler. I'm so bad. Um, so it's a bit of a worry for me sometimes. And he said, my friend said, why don't you just just ask Gregory, just see if he'd, he'd be up for it. Mm. And I was like, no, there's no, you know, come on, he did, he did Bonnie Bird, there's no way he's going to do mine, who am I? Um, and uh, so I just you know, thought, okay, well, I'll fire off an email, hello, please would you do it? And he just said, yes, he'd love to. And, um, and that was amazing. And um, I sent him the album, he listened to it over a couple of weeks, um, during the summer holiday last year and and then sent me a few things back and I was like wow that's amazing and there was a, a fairly complicated process that went into it into making it um, and he did I did ask because I was genuinely interested he did tell me I don't really understand how it all came about because <laughs> again it, it seems very very complicated something to do with ink and pressing and all this kind of stuff but it looks wicked, and uh, I'm so proud of it. And, and it's one of those things that people then, it's not just a cover, but it's something that people often say to me, when I listen to the music, I can, I can or, or even before I listen, I can sort of sense what it's, yeah. what it's gonna be like. Yeah, it's very, it is very striking and representative, yeah. like really does yeah. feel it fits the tone of yeah. the music. It's... I think so. It's quite evocative and it, it just, enables you to sort of get into this kind of world with it and yeah when when I saw it I was like that's great that is that is going to work well done (laughs) excellent so I was yeah to be able to have 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 that and work with Gregory on that I was delighted so yeah I'm very grateful and last question is kind of what have you got coming up next? Have you, is there okay. any more gigs or anything um, sort of recorded-wise that we can look forward to next year? Or? So, yeah, it's, um, it's an exciting time in terms of trying to know what to do, trying to do, know what to do next, really. Um, second album, Syndrome, sort of sets in, doesn't it? Um, I, I've got a bunch of things coming up in terms of there'll be a couple of tracks coming out as singles which will be um, collaborations with uh, a couple of other people Um, uh, I'm not sure how much I should say that it might involve some singing not from me but from some other people and they're going to be really cool and they're going to be with people some involved in this scene some slightly not um, and that's, that's exciting um, I'm working with a few people in Leeds to try and develop a, 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 a sound and a bit of a project perhaps for next year, a, a, a different performance style away from mine, which is exciting. Um, I've been working hard on 
a load of new music. Um, it will probably go beyond just piano. There'll probably be some strings um, and hopefully some choral stuff. I did a lot of singing when I was a kid, um, and you need days. Um, choral stuff, classical, and um, I really miss it in a way. And um, I, I've, I'm trying to work out how to incorporate that a little bit. Um, so, so that's that's cool. In terms of gigs and performing, I've got a couple things coming up in in a few weeks' time. We're doing this event in Newcastle with me and a guy called uh, Steve Luck and a couple of other. Uh, pianists who've been featured on the contemplative classical playlist, Mark Deeks and Olivia Olive, sorry, Oliver Brewer, I think is how you say so. And um, we're going to do an event in Newcastle. So, yeah, doing more stuff in the north. And next year, uh, hopefully around Easter time, I'll be doing another tour in, in Europe. Um, working on that takes a long time, but um, I think the dates I'm looking at are... Um, it was about a week after uh, March the 29th when I need to work out whether our passports are going to let us let us into to the EU after that. So I'm kind of making big plans and hoping that that's going to work out all right. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's an exciting time and um, it's been a great year. 2018 has been a really good year f- for me and um, done lots of exciting things. Um, so hopefully more to come. Well, thank you for taking the time to speak to us. And yeah, good luck with your upcoming year. Thank you. Cheers.